It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You could see some di- some different um, different types of lineups out there, uh, you know, especially with, with what you have available and um, flexibility, adaptability, availability, and uh, the availability aspect of this game right now and where we are in, in COVID nineteen uh, is something that that needs to be heavily accounted for, and uh, which is why we're we're trying to take all precautions. Ryan Saunders talking about the new look Timberwolves. We're going to hear about the new look Timberwolves on today's show in uh, in just a moment. It's a write that down Wednesday, but a quick shout out to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated is pleased to announce My Shield, your personalized online destination for risk management resources for your business. My Shield is available twenty four seven and can be accessed from a computer, a tablet, a smartphone, or the My Shield app. To find out more information about how Federated and My Shield can help your business. Go to federatedinsurance.com and click on Meet My Shield. At Federated, it's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. When you're a young scorer in the game, you, you tend to make things harder you know, for yourself at the end of games or... You know, once, like, like I said, once teams start making adjustments and start trapping or start denying and making it harder for you, you need a player like that to, to relieve you, you know. And um, I watched him, you know, do that for Donovan. I watched him do that for Devin as well. So, you know, I think it'll be another, you know, another piece for myself and Carl and a lot of the young guys. It's just going to make the game easier. That was, uh, that was D'Angelo Russell a few days ago talking about Ricky Rubio's ability to unlock other star players. Donovan Mitchell in Utah. Uh, a recent example, Devin Booker. So we, we've got write that down predictions today on the show on this Wednesday. One of us hit a tape measure home run that we'll get to on write that down. But we want to start off and uh, and bring our friend Dane Moore into the show here on Mackie and Judd. Dane has been a friend of Mackie and Judd and Score North for a few years. He's a Timberwolves insider and host of the Dane Moore NBA podcast. You can support his work right now at patreon.com slash Dane Moore NBA. What's going on, Dane? Thanks for coming on. What's up, guys? You're talking Timberwolves. I, I mean, I've, you always got the, the twin stuff, the Viking stuff. I finally get a Timberwolves invite. It's well, about time. This is what we've sort of noticed. So, like, you know, I think our listeners and our, and our followers on YouTube now, they know, like, all the stuff that happened on May 1st at Score North and all the cutbacks and, um, and so the one thing that we have sort of found throughout the last six or seven months is there is a huge, and you know this, there's a huge appetite for Timberwolves. I'm telling you. And it's like, we, so this is super inside baseball, but we've had, we've had our Purple Daily YouTube channel for, I don't know, a year and a half, whatever it's been. And we've been growing that. It's been super fun. 
And we started a new YouTube channel for other Mackie and Judd content, and we just started it like in the late springtime. And we start putting some stuff, some twin stuff out there, some leftover Viking stuff. The stuff that gets the most traction and people want the most is Wolves off-season speculation, roster speculation. But once they start playing games, that's where you have trouble. <laughs> it's the damnedest thing. Like if I'm like the Wolves totally playing in one, they're... They're like, ah, who cares? But wait, the Wolves might trade their third-string point guard. Give me more. Tell me more. Wojbomb. Did you say Wojbomb? It's the damned, and it's been true for years. Timberwolves speculation and trades and signings, Dane, the fan base eats it up. They play a game, and it's like, whatever. because everybody wants to be a GM. I think you're right. I think you're right. because, think about it, like it's – I actually get this from a Timberwolves fan's perspective. It's like, how could you stay connected to this if your primary motivation was just watching the basketball, right? Like, it's been it's been too terrible for the past 15 years that it wouldn't be that. And I think what fans really connect to is the idea of, you know, the transactions and the moves and how do we pair this guy with this guy, how much salary cap space is there is, luxury tax and all that. And, and the NBA does that really well. It, I mean, I feel like the NFL's is like, I don't know what the hell's going on. And, and baseball, there's no salary cap. There's like a, there's a, it's like a board game in a way, kind yes. of the, the way this all works. And, and it's really accessible for fans. But at the same time, I'm with you. We got to take some of that intrigue from the offseason. We're talking about Jordan McLaughlin's 10,000 downloads on a Jordan McLaughlin episode. It's like he's not even going to play 10 minutes during the season. <laughs> but I'd like, I'd like it if people would watch those 10 minutes when it happens. I, I don't know. I, don't get I mean, the fact, like, the, the reaction to the Ricky Rubio trade. I mean, the Wolves had the number one overall pick on draft night. And the reaction to bringing back what may or may not be a starting point guard. I guess we'll see what the lineup combos are. Uh, I, th- I think it just shows you how people. I've said this for a long time. It's the state of hockey, and it's the state of hockey because there are more there are more professional players that come out of this state, and there's and there's more uh, great high school hockey per capita than any, any other state. But basketball is just there are fans in this state that are just begging the Wolves to be relevant and the Gophers to be relevant, and uh, and and hopefully the Wolves can at least live up to some of the future hype here. But that's I want to start you off with this because we brought up Ricky Rubio, Dane. I love that soundbite from D'Lo. And and we did some digging on this, and we were looking at lineup combos from the last few years of Ricky Rubio, and the players that he was the best with on the court. Or I should I should flip it around. When you look at like Donovan Mitchell in Utah, and you look at Devin Booker in Phoenix, and you look at their two man lineup combinations, Ricky Rubio consistently showed up at the top of those lists, and and was and was adding value to their games. Do you think he can have the same impact on D'Angelo Russell and get him to whatever that next level might be? I think the answer is is probably yes, but in ways D'Angelo Russell is different than Devin Booker and, and Donovan Mitchell. So I don't think that precludes the possibility, but I think if you're trying to draw a, com- a comparison between Donovan Mitchell or Devin Booker and a Timberwolves player, it's Anthony Edwards. Like, I, I think that's, that's where if you want to say Rubio is going to help a guy who's playing off ball, you know, catch it in a second side situation, have a clear space to attack the basket, whatever. Like, I think that's, eventually what Anthony Edwards is, and he helps there. With D'Angelo Russell, we're talking more about a point guard. Like, Donovan Mitchell and Devin Booker can be, like, lead guards, but it's there's going to be some inherent, like, passing of the torch, which I think in 2020 in the NBA can work. But I understand people being skeptical about that because, you know, that is going to take some getting used to. 
we did see, remember Rubio back in the first Tibbs year? And you would be like, oh, Chris Dunn's in now, and now Rubio's like kind of standing on the wing waiting to shoot. That doesn't seem like a good idea. Like there is going to be some of that. But but at the same time, it's it's 2020, multiple lead ball handlers is is the way I think to go these days. And, and D'Lo has shown historically that he's somewhat comfortable with that. So it's, the, it's an experiment for sure, but I, I, I think it could work. Give me the state of cat, Dane, because th- this whole, whole thing is <sighs> intricate. Um, it's tough to watch. It, it, it is, as a person, you feel terrible for him. But just give me the state of, of a guy who, if you're a Wolves fan, at the end of the day, is easily the most important person in that building as far as does this team finally do something or not? Uh, it, it, we brush over that, I feel like. Everything connects to Carl. Yes. Everything. The whole future, every move is tied to it. Christian Rosas is tied to it. Ryan Saunders is tied to it. Everything is tied to it. And, and we don't know. We don't know what's going on with Carl. And quite frankly, we never really know what's going on with Carl because Carl isn't transparent about what's actually going on in his head that's you guys have watched press conferences whatever media availabilities for years that's just true and now we're in this situation where we go you know carl it is okay for you to have whatever you're having in your head and and, you know we're going to give you that space do you know do that yet at the same time we're sitting here there's a preseason game on saturday yeah and i cover this team and i'm talking to people who are inside this team and they don't know what the hell's going on in Carl's head. And that that is just – I think if you're a Timberwolves fan, that's something that, you know, provides some anxiety where you're like, wait, I've been told everything connects to Carl Anthony Towns, yet I have no idea where this is going. And this feels like a pretty important year where the team kind of needs to be moving in the right direction because if we mess this kind of next window up, are the Timberwolves even going to be in Minnesota? I mean, that, those are the – those are the thoughts that are going through fans' heads. So I think it's something we're respecting, Carl, but everyone's like, it's kind of time to play basketball. Yeah, and it's, I, th- I I do like the fact that he has people around him that have gone through, I mean, every loss of a parent is, is going to be different, but Ryan Saunders lost a parent suddenly, and Ricky, like, he's got people on the roster that he can lean on. And I think, I don't know, I, my biggest question, and we talked about this earlier in the week on the show, uh, when he said basketball is not therapeutic, and I should preface to everyone on this show has lost at least a parent, and in some cases more, right. and it's and in some cases unexpected. And so, um, you know, so I think from that perspective, we can empathize with what he's going through uh, in your mid-20s or your early 30s. And when he said basketball is not going to be therapeutic for me, it's going to be hard to play basketball all three of us had a different reaction when it came to getting back into our own personal work after something happened. And again, everyone's different. And that, that made me raise an eyebrow in terms of, wow, like if you don't view your livelihood as an escape and a reprieve and you get to go join your friends and teammates and people that have gone through similar, like if that's not therapeutic for you, um, that seems pretty dark to me. And I don't know. I don't have a great answer other than just like, Wow, like what what is it that would potentially pull you around the corner and and back to a place where you you know you can move on with your life if basketball doesn't play a role in that that's that's dark to me, Dane. I mean, this is just hard, but like do you take what Carl Anthony Towns says at face value? 
I don't know. Just a no- like a normal press conference, like when he talks about it after the game. Judd, I mean, you've been there. Like, no, it's hard because it's he gives he, you the he gives you the surface a lot, and he doesn't provide in, insight. But what Phil just said, I do take Dane as this. And my question is, what do, what's it going to mean? The quote that Phil just brought up to me is Carl saying, "I am, I have God-given ability to play basketball. I'm really good, and I have long played basketball because my mom enjoyed it a lot. My dad, my family. It makes me a ton, a, a ton of cash that's going to set every buddy up for right. life. But here's the problem." And Dane, we've seen this in football, we've seen this in basketball, and this is the this is the difference between our jobs, which we love, and just being gifted to play a sport. We've all covered and seen a ton of guys who are great at a sport who don't truly love that sport. Like the biggest the biggest uh thing to me is everybody who plays it loves it. No, they don't. So if you were to come back, Dane, right now and tell me that Cat simply is great at basketball but does not love it. I think that's the truth. And my question is, where does it go from there? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think this is another example of Carl Anthony Towns trying to say something because he thinks it's the right thing to say and it not actually being what it is. I think basketball will be therapy for him. I think historically it has been. You you brought up Ryan Saunders. You brought up Ricky Rubio. You brought up Anthony Edwards. All those guys on the team have all gone through the loss of a parent and seen it to be therapy. You got. I mean, you got. You guys mentioned that with your work. I, I don't know. I think it's an example of 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 a quote Carl has has given, backfiring and having now a negative connotation to it, as you guys just laid out there. For me, man, I'm I'm not listening. I'm not. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm respecting it, but we just got to see him. We got to yeah. let's see if he looks if he looks unenthusiastic about playing basketball the first fifteen games of the season. Then you know what? Maybe Judd, we can have a conversation about he doesn't love basketball. I think Carl Anthony Towns does like basketball. I think it's something he can find therapy in. I think he's just really struggling with how to put on a front-facing sort of veil to this situation that he is clearly does not have fully processed yet. So a lot of those quotes, I was there in that press conference. I transcribed them. I. I don't know if he did himself favors yeah. by saying some of those things. I think I think the I think waiting is fair. I, I think seeing him in the preseason and, and seeing what this looks like. So let's let's fast forward and let's just say, all right, yes. he he, fig, he, fig, he figures it out. It's interesting. And and he's a key piece. Um I, I'm curious as to what your thoughts they they have clearly put Gerson Gerson Rosas front office, Ryan Saunders have clearly said we need flexibility. We need lineup combination flexibility. We need guys who can play Potentially three or four different spots among the five on the floor. Um, what, what, as you look at it right now from your perspective, what are like the two or three most interesting five man lineup combinations that you think they might experiment with early? Five. Well, I think it's, I think it's good to bring this up because rotations are going to be so critical for Saunders, right? Like we're, we're going to all get obsessed about who the starting five is. And we're going to be, oh, is it going to be Rubio? Is he going to come off the bench? We're going to start. It's like, no, it's about can you put Edwards? No, is it good to put him with Cat? Is it good to put him with Rubio? Do D'Lo and Cat need to play together all the time? I think those are the those are the questions. I think Beasley is going to be suspended at the beginning of the year, so yeah. that is a nice little wrinkle <laughs> into this whole thing. Um, but what I think the opening day 
starting lineup would be if nobody was suspended, everyone is healthy, nobody has COVID, whatever, would be <laughs> D'Lo, um, Beasley, Akogi, Wancho, and Cat. I, I think that's what it is. Yet there's room for Beasley or for, for sorry for Edwards to eventually start over Akogi in in that spot. But I think maybe they take that a little slow, which sounds weird for the for the number one overall pick. But um, I think that happens, and Rubio comes off the bench. So that didn't really answer your question no, because I mean, it's kind of hard to. That's what they're doing. That's what that's what they're doing right now too. Is like, all right, well, there's like seven guys who could start, but what do we, you know, what do we do here? So this is they're going to tinker with this all year. I think the the power forward spot's fascinating though, just like in in general. And that's why I just did my my last podcast on. It's just so interesting how Gerson Rosas has decided to like pursue building this team around Cat. Right? Like, what what does everybody know? The biggest weakness on this team is. Defense and where is it most weak? The front court. He's decided to to go all in on this small basketball with guys like Jake Lehman to play power forward next to him, Juancho Horny Gomez, Covington back in the you know a year ago, Josh Akogi maybe this year. It's I'm not even saying I agree with it. I'm just like that's bold. You're the biggest issue on your team. You've decided to commit to like your. We're playing fast. We're playing small. We're playing it this way. It's like I'm just fascinated to see how how it plays out because it's risky. If you're Gerson, do you pick up the phone and call Houston <laughs> about Harden and even ask? Oh, Harden? No, PJ Tucker, maybe. I mean, reckless speculation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Harden, what do you, what do you even do? You got to trade D'Lo. Like <laughs> you're not trading the the, D-Lo the where right this now. comes from. Like, I, I think it was John Hollinger in the Athletic. It was like, what are some non obvious trade destinations? And it was the last one in the article. And he said, this is going to sound crazy, but and he and it was like D'Lo, Culver, uh, potentially Edwards. I think and like you'd two lose Cat right there too. So I think Cat <laughs> would say, bye, see ya. Well, you'd get a better player. But that's what I I'm mean. Saying. Yeah. It's yeah. fun to talk about. It's no, reckless, it, it, it but it's is, fun to talk it is about. It's interesting. It's just the Harden thing. It's such a weird time for any team to trade for him, right? Yeah. Because he's such a definitive, like, part of the way you're going to play basketball. So all these teams are they're they're playing their first preseason game. They have their whole offense set up, and it's like actually we're going to bring Harden in. <laughs> we're going to throw away that whole playbook. <laughs> we're just going to give it to that guy. Right. <laughs> like, it, it, would, it would be like the Vikings, like, all right, we've been running the Kirk Cousins play-action offense, and, uh, yeah. oh, yeah, Lamar Jackson is demanding a trade, and uh going to have to overhaul it's everything. Herschel, be great. right? <laughs> Herschel, be, be, because he, he came in, and basically their entire uh, scheme changed. Because it's like... You're talking about Herschel Walker? Yeah. yeah. We're going to put yeah. Herschel Walker in the eye, but we don't run that offense at all. No, we're going <laughs> to do it. It's the same type of deal. Yeah. Whatever team makes a trade for Harden, and I'm assuming that is coming at some point, it is going to be like that, and it's probably going to work out about as well as Herschel Walker. Oh, it'll be great <laughs> stuff, though. Minnesota. It'll be great stuff. <laughs> Dan, before before we say bye, and, and we'll get you on again, we, we love your insights. And again, if people want to uh, support Dane's work in the Daymore NBA podcast, which will be multiple days a week and after Wolves games, patreon.com slash NBA. Uh, give us between like the the first preseason game and the first regular season game. Besides Carl Anthony Towns, uh, you know, and just everything about him. Let's put him off to the side. The thing you are most curious to see in the lead up up to the first game. 
I am very curious to see Anthony Edwards. Um, I, I think I, I, we all had a lot of time these past few months. So I watched a lot of Anthony Edwards, you know, film. And, and if you watch Anthony Edwards play basketball at Georgia, his behavior on the court looks nothing like what his behavior has been, you know, in the, in the media saying, you know, this is these dudes team. Like I'm a rookie. I'm falling into a role at Georgia. That was his team, and he did whatever he wanted for for good or or for bad. And it's just the Anthony Edwards pick is interesting. And there's been all this talk about you know like timeline. We're trying to have guys who are Cat and Delo's age, and all this and that. And Anthony Edwards is like six years younger than them. That I'm I'm very interested to see how well he fits into that whole sort of dynamic, and if he can be, they kind of need him to be like recognize his ability within a year or two. If this is like a four-year project, that's not going to fit the timeline, you yeah. know? And and I think we'll kind of get an idea of that in some, you know, some of these preseason games. He hasn't got to play much at all. But early on in the year, we're going to know, is this is this something where in three months we have kind of a real NBA player or in three years we have a real NBA player? And I'm, I'm interested to track that. Yeah. Great stuff, man. Thanks yeah, for coming thanks, on. Man. Appreciate it. And, uh, and again, uh, you can, you can follow Dane on Twitter at DayMoreNBA, patreon.com slash DayMoreNBA. And we will see what happens. And we'll see, hopefully the season starts. That's, that's the first step. <laughs> Just like, can the season start in December? Well, you're going to lose all your listeners once the season starts. They start playing games. That's anyway. true. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's right. yeah the basketball more game will be off out. season. More, yeah. let's, let's just let's, let's expedite next year's draft. Wins and losses. Who cares about that? Who's getting <laughs> traded? I'll be back in nine months. I get it. I get it. <laughs> all right. See you, Dan. See you, Dan. Take care, man. All right. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I thought I, I liked – I liked the uh, the Carl Anthony Towns discussion because I think Dane I think Dane nailed it that it's very likely that Towns is trying to explain something and trying to articulate something that maybe doesn't fully align with how he actually feels but he's trying like he's trying to say what he thinks people want to hear and he's trying to be a leader but he's also trying to process this terrible year um, and so I am a hundred percent willing to just let him. Listen, man, take a month or two, get back on the court. That's what the team's go- going to do. See what's going to happen That's exactly here. what the team has to do. But, you know. You've got I, no choice. But what, what's unfortunate when bad things happen is, like, life moves forward and work moves forward, and you have to find a way to process and grieve while also moving forward and be in the spotlight, and it's just a really unenviable situation. Dan brings up a really, really intriguing point, though, and that is this. And it's probably not, I don't think it's as far as the team moving uh, to Seattle or Vegas possibly, but Gerson Rosas and Ryan Saunders' jobs now more than ever are tied directly to Cat, and it's going to be a fairly, in sports uh, timeline-wise, Phil Mackey, it's going to be fairly quick because this team is going to be sold. And if this team looks like it's on the right direction, and that's going to start with Cat, I, I think Everybody gets time, right? Because it's like, oh, yeah, the process is working. You guys are doing a great job. Um, If it doesn't go well, though, and if it's sputtering and falling apart, the person that buys this team who might have his own people in mind is going to take a long, hard look and say, okay, hold on a second here. You had a superstar player for X amount of years, and it's not working still. Yeah. So I really do think that because Glenn is going to sell this team probably at some point fairly soon, that that's going to be really intriguing to watch because everybody's job is basically now, in, I think, tied to Cat, 
and the new person's going to to come in and say I, either it's going great, you're doing a great job, or oh no. Yeah, but you could also make an argument if you're the front office that listen, like obviously a huge part of this is tied to Cat, and if we can get Cat to realize his full potential as both a basketball player on both sides of the court and as a leader, yep, then we're off to the races. But we also have all these other chips, like D'Angelo Russell. I'm not saying he's going to be like you know a top five star player, but there's more room for him to grow. Sure. And they just landed the number one overall pick in Anthony Edwards. And so I would say that their portfolio of young franchise talent is more diverse than it was a year ago when it was just Carl Anthony Towns. If I had to rank, like, what are the things about the Timberwolves I am most confident in? And maybe I'll be wrong about this. Front office is number one for me. I don't know. Like, I love Ryan Saunders, but he has a ton to prove yet, too. And he's the youngest coach in the NBA. Um, I think he's done a good job weathering this Tom Thibodeau transfer to Gerson Rosas storm, and he clearly connects with the players. Um, and so I, I do think I do think his long-term future in the NBA is as a head coach. He's just so young and inexperienced that he's got a lot to prove. But I probably even rank him a little higher than I rank my confidence in Carl Anthony Towns to be the number one guy on a team that can win the championship. Right. right now, but if I buy the front team, office way above both. But if I buy the, the team and I come in with um, ideas about who I would like to run the team if things aren't going well, I don't care. I get that. <laughs> like if I'm <laughs> Glenn that. and you go back to Glenn and they're like Glenn, you know, I, I might say, you know what, exactly right. Let's and, and, and continue you, on. And it wouldn't be like buying the Steelers where you're blowing up like this. Listen, we haven't no. finished below 500 in 20 years or whatever, right? But if I say, you know who, I, I'm real good friends with uh, um, the Van Gundys, and I'm real good friends with all these people, and boy, you know what? It might be fun for my people to run this team, and things aren't going well. I don't know that you get the benefit of the doubt that you're talking about, which, which in theory makes sense. Yeah. But, you know, I just paid uh, X amount for this team. I- I'd really like my own guys. Can we, real quick, before we get to write that down prediction, so we we spent the first few minutes with Dane just talking about how we, a l- little inside uh, baseball behind the curtain, that our audience and you guys who listen and uh, and if you watch on our YouTube channels, Score North MN and Purple Daily Podcast, Timberwolves discussions have been a needle mover for us. And I know for like when Doogie talks wolves on the scoop podcast, there's a thirst and a hunger for wolves off season discussions. And I think it just goes into how much fun the NBA off season has been over the course of the last like 20 years for sure. Maybe even going back further than that. And as a diehard baseball fan, and as somebody who wants baseball to have a similar off season and excitement vibe as the NBA, I can't help but compare the two and contrast the two. And I just want to point you guys. So I think it was on yesterday's. uh, We mentioned this briefly on uh, our Twins Tuesday show that Nelson Cruz is still waiting to sign because he doesn't know if there's going to be a DH in the National League. And Major League Baseball sent a memo out instructing teams just proceed like there's not going to be a DH or any other rule changes. Like we don't really know. We'll figure it out at some point. Meanwhile, it's like we're in the middle of free agency and teams want to know, like, what are the rules? Are you, is there going to be a runner on second and extra innings? If so, our bullpen needs to be better. Like, like, you should be able to plan. And so I just want to shine a light for you guys using a Ken Rosenthal article from The Athletic. On baseball's most underrated big problem, it's offseason being too complicated for casual fans to follow. Yeah. Okay? I want to, I want to read this excerpt from you for you guys. And also just know that, like, in the NBA, 
off-season speculation and fodder is where they have really built their empire. It's not like, oh, the regular season game. I think the regular season games are fun to watch. and It's fine. Like, the playoffs have been great. But the NBA has built its profile and has become the second most popular sport in America because of its off-season. Go back 20 years ago. Shaq to the Lakers in the 90s. LeBron's decision 10 years ago yep. on national and TV. And football does a great job as well at keeping, yep. at keeping fans engaged when games aren't going on. And it's all very much like you can be three beers in at the bar and be like, oh, Durant to the Warriors. And right. it's like, it's all, and it all happens in like a two week stretch because everyone knows what the max salaries are, what the salary caps are. Okay. So that's, that's NBA and NFL is like big star names, trade rumors. Everything happens in a short condensed period of time. And it's all super fun. Here's an excerpt from Ken Rosenthal's feature on the twins last week. And this is not a rip on Rosenthal, just to be clear how this is just, Listen to this article from a casual fan's perspective trying to follow and connect with Major League Baseball and the Twins offseason, okay? Another novel wrinkle of the pre-tender period was that player agents and club officials who engaged in negotiations gained an advantage by working outside the arbitration system. MLB's Labor Relations Department oversees the arbitration process for clubs and the Players Association does the same for players, obsessing over practically every dollar. The pretender deals, however, cannot be used as precedent, not even for arbitration cases this offseason. So the oversight of the league union was not as stringent, and it might not be during the actual process either. The Twins ended up non-tendering two players. And then they go through, like, Eddie Rosario's salary, etc. Before declining to offer Rosario a contract for his final year of arbitration, the Twins placed him on outright waivers, giving him a chance to get claimed by a team who might be willing to pay his salary. When no one jumped, the Twins went ahead with the non-tender while leaving open the possibility that Eddie Rosario might return. Here's another one. Matt Whistler was also non-tendered by the Twins. The reason why? Uh, The Twins feel like his value might have actually been overinflated last year because the underlying numbers in a shortened season suggested his ERA should have been higher. The percentage of base runners Whistler stranded was an abnormally high 99.3%, and his home run per fly ball rate, meanwhile, was unusually low. Kill me now. Yeah, I know. Kill me now. I I read the entire thing. And and it's it's not a knock on Rosenthal. Right. But but, but here's the problem, Phil. Baseball is dealing with so many issues of things that they have screwed screwed up. I mean, it's December 9th that we're talking about. If a league is going to have a DH, we don't know what the rules are. I mean, that... What you just read is a problem as far as the boredom of of baseball at a time which we used to, by the way, refer to as the hot stove. Winter meetings, you would have stars traded. This was great. Now we're talking about um, arbitration, pre-arbitration deals. But forget that for a second. We don't know the rules for 2021, and we're pretty damn sure that there's going to be a lockout or strike in 2022. Why is the sport intent on killing itself? That's the question. That is the question. Why do they want to shoot themselves square in the head? It makes no sense. For those of us, and all three of us on the show love baseball, it's maddening to watch. It's, It's completely stupid. And here's the problem, too. It's unnecessary. And also, last point. Baseball does not know its rules, and we are going to have another contentious um, negotiation before what will be an incredibly contentious negotiation. And we remain where we were when baseball came up with the 60-game season, which is very much in a pandemic where people are looking for diversions and distractions. And these people are duking it out 
And Nelson Cruz right now sits at home not knowing if he is going to be employable by half of Major League Baseball. Think about this. It's insane. Also, the fact that I know that you're going to disagree with this, but the fact that there's even a debate about whether we should let guys like Nelson Cruz extend their careers with half the league or whether we should let a pitcher with a 143 batting average take like 400 at bats over the course of a season collectively with their rotation. The fact that that's even a debate is amazing. Uh, so we have the option in the NFL. We could either extend Tom Brady's career by five years and open up the amount of teams that could sign him, or we could run a kicker out there to throw passes. Like, why is it even a debate? Make I your sport more exciting. I don't. I know that you think double switches are exciting. I so. do. I do, but I don't disagree because the DH is coming. And look, I've lost the fight. Okay, like the war is over. Just go to it. Winter's Just switch coming. to it. Just switch to it. But how do you not know what you're going to do? I mean, until we're told otherwise, spring training's supposed to start in February. No, I don't think it's going to, but that's fine. All right. We don't know yet. And just go to it. Just and here's okay, so here's baseball in a nutshell. Here is baseball perfect synopsis, okay? Everybody wants the DH in both leagues. The the owners do. It's good for business. The players do. It creates m- more jobs. And yeah. with a guy like Cruz, it keeps him playing. Everybody wants it. But they are still going to insist on fighting over it. Fans want it. Yeah. There's nobody. There's really nobody besides purists. And I, I enjoy a good double switch. You're right. But there's really everybody wants it. But they're going to fight about it. You and Madison Bumgarner are like the only one. But I mean, there. let's get past me. I'm t- I'm <laughs> talking. I'm talking about the fact that we. This is a rule that really everybody says benefits the game, the players, yeah. the fans. I know. And, and we're going to fight about it. And like, and again, just you know, the NBA and the, the free agency has been weird this year because there's not as many star free agents, and it's happening like six months after it usually does. But yeah. ordinarily, free agency in the NBA opens up on like July 5th. And it's just two weeks of bam, bam, bam trades, like all these ridiculous fantasy fo- football type trades that are just happening in real life. Yes. And the NFL, even though the top quarterbacks aren't always available, it's like we all figure out who the best guard is and we're salivating over. And it's like a three week period. Bam, 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 bam. And in baseball, it's like, ah, eh. we don't really know what the rules are. Uh, we're going to bore you with all this non We're going to we're going to. We're going to bore you with a process that results in 30 home run hitters just getting flat released from teams for nothing. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And we're going to fight about it. Yeah. <laughs> Despite the so. fact we're all on the same page. It, it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts because they are sabotaging and killing themselves on purpose. And it's as if nobody really cares. The pretender deals, however, oh. cannot be used as precedent, not even for arbitration cases. So it's like, oh, my God. Ken, I love you, Ken, but too. my God. Oh my God! Ken's like a Outright lawyer now. Waivers. He's like a lawyer now. But you know that would be conditional. But that would be that would be okay if we could get the rest of the house in order. Like that wouldn't be. That's fine if we have the rules all done and player movement and not these ridiculous fights. Can you guys name all the types of waivers in baseball? Uh, outright waivers. Is it just traditional? Is it just waivers? There's there's outright, outright waivers, waivers. There's trade waivers. Trade waivers. There's option waivers. Option waivers. And then I believe there's irre- uh, irrevocable waivers. I haven't have heard of that one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Right now. Yeah, I've heard ba- of that one. Ba- I wouldn't have thought of it. Baseball, seriously, like, like um, of all these things and like the DH, all that stuff, 
They need to get in a room and say, listen, the, the reason why our sport is dying in popularity is because it is not a sit at a bar and debate with your friends sport. Which used to be the ultimate one. Yeah. Get, get rid of the four different types of waiver. Like, whatever you need to do, get rid of arbitration, waivers, tendering, all this crap. Yep. And, and overhaul your entire system so that people with a beer in their hand sitting in rural America or wherever, like, can just say, you know what? Just, just yeah. see Mike Trout. Like, just they, can, you, you, you can't even envision this conversation happening with people. So, anyway, can I give you the next fight too? What do you mean? Twi- baseball. The next twins. The next twins related baseball fight. I thought you were going to say Tyson Holyfield because I'm paying for that. Hundred percent. Alex Kirilov very well might not begin the season in left field. Well, he will. For the Twins. In St. Paul. Exactly. Because, because of? Because of? Service, service time. Thank time. you. Service can you, time, can you Can you imagine in like 2003, the Cleveland Cavaliers draft Paul. LeBron James and it's like <laughs> opening night hits on November 1st. No. The like, Where's LeBron? Oh, we just feel like he needs to work a little bit on his free throw shooting. He's G-leaguing it. Well, if we keep him there for 12 games in the G-league, we control the sixth year of his NBA career. Yes! So we're going to let our G-league profit for a little bit and let everyone alienate our own That's exactly right. That's what we're going to have. So so who is is the best player to start in left for the Twins on opening day? Well, it's Kirloff, right? Oh no, you don't understand. Rod yeah, Dyson. He, yeah, he, he's not quite <laughs> exactly he's not quite accurate enough on his throws to home plate. But so, what uh, about what I saw in the playoff game? Oh, oh no, 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 you don't. The super under- two status. We need that super two status on June first. <laughs> another <laughs> super two. What's hilarious <laughs> is like teams are trying to avoid super two. The yeah. player wants super two. Yeah. All right. Anyways, all right. Write that down. Predictions, <laughs> including a monster Ruthian home run blast. <laughs> From one of us. Write it down. You like writing things down. Most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd with Rami. This is the big leagues where we own our terrible predictions. Write this down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. Write it down. You like writing things down. It's Write That Down with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Write this down. Write that down. Write it down. You like writing things down. The only show in America that actually keeps track of our predictions, holds each other accountable with batting averages and home run totals. And boys, just kind of look at we're we're trying to plan our uh, our last three weeks of the calendar year here. So we do this segment every Wednesday on Mackie and Judd. You can also find it in visual form if you want to see uh, our ugly faces. If you want to see those, it's youtube.com slash scorenorthmn. We are just under 2,000 subscribers on that new channel, and we'd appreciate the uh, the bump to get to 2,000. But um, where was I going with this thought? Oh, we have one Wednesday today, and then the 16th is next Wednesday. Yep. I'm off the 23rd and the 30th, but we could, like, finag- I, I guess my question is, when is the last round of predictions for the season? Last year we did it, I think it was, like, the, the 18th or something of December. Okay. We'll have to sort of figure that out. We know we have this week. We know we have next week. Maybe we do something pre-recorded for the week after. We'll have to sort of debate that internally here. Because I know we have a couple listeners that are signed up for that 23rd, but um, only a few weeks left to take our swings here to end the year. Here's how it works. I'm write that down. Three predictions from everybody each week. They must be quantifiable. We keep track of batting averages and home runs. And listeners, if you want to be part 
of the 2021 lineup of Write That Down Predictors. We welcome in listeners every week on the show. Nick's going to make some predictions. Today, you could just DM me on Twitter. My DMs are open, at Phil Mackey, if you would like to participate. Uh, Judd, you came into the week with a pretty sizable batting average lead. And I think your lead, Jonathan finished last season because of a loophole at yeah. 350, I want to say. We completely loophole. screwed that up. Yeah. yeah. So you're on pace to beat his average from last year. Okay. Uh, I think everybody else was below 300 last year, and, and, and he was way below 300 until we let him Were pick below every bowl game. Yeah, everyone was like at like 270, 280. Really? Range. Yeah. Boy, and, I don't remember that year. And you came into this week at 420 with the batting average lead. Three of us were tied in the home run category, including you and me. And I want to say uh, the listeners also had three, something mm-hmm. like that. But somebody hit a colossal home run and write that down this week. I'm excited. A Ruthian blast by one of us. Tape measure shot? That's what he said. And there's a swing and a drive. How would Tom yeah. Brenneman call it? Oh, uh, boys, uh, he's don't know got if, a job. Don't know if I'm going to. Did he? You know, what? Winter League calling games like in Mexico or something. I'm <laughs> awesome. not kidding. I'm not kidding. I'm just grateful to have this second chance. Yeah, uh, in Puerto Rico. I really, really appreciate my bosses having faith in me. And there's a swing and a drive. Deep to left. Wake up. All right. Oh. We'll start with Judd. A lot of green here for oh, Judd Zolgad. Oh, we just keep going up, don't we, boys? You said the Vikings will win their next two games against the Panthers and the Jaguars. Yeah. It's very close to being completely wrong on both. You said the Twins will end up non-tendering Rosario. Yeah. And then earlier than that, you said Rosario would not be with the Twins by 2021 opening day. By the way, if he does somehow resign right. with the Twins, um, I mean, he sent out like that tribute video. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but if it does, yeah. we'll revisit these. Sure. And you did say, I don't know why I missed this one at some point. Like three years ago, you said Jose Barrios will win a Cy Young Award by 2020. This was a long time ago you said this. Yeah, that's real wrong. It's off the board. Unfortunately. So you went three for four, raising your batting average. We'll get to that. Okay. Jonathan Harrison, nothing off the board for him. Manny Hill said Tua will play as a rookie and start at least five games. His fifth start was last week. Point for Manny. Rami, nothing off the board. Brings us to uh, myself, Phil Mackey. I told you guys uh, I, I'm swinging for home runs here, as you know, because I can't catch Judd in the batting average race, so I want to win something. I said Mike Glennon will throw for 300 or more yards, two or more touchdowns in a losing effort. He was kind of tracking there for a second. He had like 280 yards or something, and he tried. Uh, I came close on this one, too. I said Kirk will have at least three TDs, Justin Jefferson over 100, and the Vikings would cover. They didn't cover, though. And then, boys... Old Macadac stepped up to the plate, knocked some dirt off his cleats, and told you at some point by the end of the 2020 offseason, Rosario will be non-tendered or traded, and he will delete Twins pictures from his Instagram. And I just want to show you real quick here. Okay, I, about to say, how I can't we... pull. The, I'll try and just put this on camera here, Dex, because I, I didn't prepare enough to put this on yeah, the, the screen. The deposition is curious on this evidence. So Eddie Rosario... I took a screenshot of his Instagram account a couple weeks back. Okay. All right. I just want to show you. He now only has about 25 or 30 pictures on his account. Can you see this if I put this up to the screen? Not really. No. But I'll, I'll take your word for it. No, it's. He has deleted all of his twins pictures from Instagram. All of them. How the much, only ones how that much remain. How much time did that take? The only ones that, that remain 
are uh, him it's, it's in, his, yeah. in a Puerto Rico uniform and him like at events and stuff. He oh, has yeah. completely scrubbed. There his you Instagram go. There's your home. There's the home run. Is that the tape measure shot? Circle the bases. That's right. That's the tape. And that's the tape measure. What, what do you mean? Is that the tape measure shot? <laughs> I mean, what, I, are you even, what are you even asking? I mean, it's a home run. I'm just. I, I thought there would be. What, I thought what, it was something bigger. Mean? I thought it would be something bigger than that. What? What do you mean? I, I told it's you. It's a home run. I, told you I, I don't. I don't him. think it's a. It's not <laughs> a five hundred foot bomb. What do you mean? It's not a five hundred. It's just. It's just a bomb to the second deck. Like I, I don't. I don't find it. It's off the fourth. It's not like off. It's not like Statcast top five home run or anything. It's just a just a bomb. But. Well, this is, a, this is Jim Tomey off the top of the flagpole right here. Mackie and Judd, joined by producer Jonathan Harrison. <laughs> hey, good to have you back, Jonathan. Listen, I told oh you that God, he would Declan. scrub the twins from his awesome. Instagram in a parlay. And Declan's like, oh, no, it's a single. That's a home run. <laughs> no, he said, but he's like, he, yeah, you, so, you sold it as yeah. if somebody had predicted the second coming. Yeah. I mean, the second coming of his Instagram account is what I predicted. I thought it was maybe would like, there be a lot of Royals pictures. I thought maybe like Vikings when they were zero and three would get back to six and six or something. Oh. Like I was think I was thinking something a little bit more. This is, this is an awfully specific He's prediction. So unimpressed. I don't know, man. Like it's good. It's good. Hey, man, don't back down now. You've already gone down that path. Oh, we'll get to Declan's oh, accountability session. I had a horrible session. week. Yeah, yeah Mr. A horrible week. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Bombs over here. This is like Jason Tyner trying to tell Jim Tomey yeah, what a yeah. bomb looks okay, like. I'm fine rolling over to shortstop here. Al Newman finally hits That's a home fine. run, and you're like, yeah, barely got over the fence, dude. Yeah. I also told you that Eddie Rosario would not be in a Twins uniform for the season, which is yeah. um, also oh correct. God. All right, the listeners actually had nothing come Weird. off the board, which is amazing because they have like 250 predictions. <laughs> On the season. Oh, Declan, you said Alex Madison would get at least 10 touches against the Jags. You jinxed him. No, I, no. This, well, okay, I have a point to make, but keep going. Keep going. You said the Vikings would win by 10 or more points against the Jags. And you said the Vikings would finish the season with at least six wins. Right, I did get that. That, yeah. that feel good. Because recently the listeners sabotaged me on the NBA draft. I got the sports gods and the medical gods giving it a, get, having to get the appendix out of Alex Madison. It's just uh, I feel like the sports gods are working against me here. Well, anyway, I got Mr. Instagram over here calling screenshots and deleting, and he's wow. hitting a bomb. So wow. it's fine. You Listen, know? Some people see the write that down playing field very clearly. Yeah. Hey, That's fine. I get it. Let's be very clear, Declan. You are the one that worded um, your write that down prediction where it could be pointed out that, unfortunately for you, it was wrong. Like, I feel like you're blaming the listeners for pointing that that out. I feel like you are not looking in the mirror enough to realize Personal responsibility that was is... your prediction, and we've all done it. Oh, and... are, you, are you targeting me here? Yes. Sorry, Pat Royce, you came in for another technical question. Uh, but uh, oh, can, is he here? Can right we now? fix yeah. the stuff? Yeah, we're going to fix uh, on air production meeting. He will be in studio for the hit, and then we're going to look at his laptop. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Now I'm happy. Um, anyway, it's okay. your fault. You worded the write that down prediction wrong. I guess it's a learning lesson, yeah, but I I don't know. All right, here's the batting it's averages. It's fine. On the season. Oh! Judd is, with, wow. with okay, just well. weeks remaining in the 2020 Ooh. season, Judd is hanging on to a 52-point lead. He's batting 431 with three home runs. Rami is sitting at 379 with one home run. Declan, uh, your average stayed steady at 325 with a home run. Hey-o. I am uh, up to 285, but also have taken the home run lead with four on the go, season. Miguel Sano. So you can call me Al Newman at your own peril, Judd. If I'm Al Newman, what does that make you with fewer home runs? Listen, 
It was Declan Goff who ripped you yeah. for saying I that want you credit had hit for a my Jim Tomey homer. <laughs> that you had hit a mammoth home run. Declan is th- the one drive. who was underwhelmed. I, I think uh, you know what is it? Why like, don't you apologize when, when the when the team announces a home run and then Statcast is a different number. You know, like like yeah, the, the stat- team will say like, oh, that was a seven hundred for Bob and Statcast is like uh, I mean, it was like four fifty. It was, it was, it was good. <laughs> so. It was good. That happens all the time. Like Twins PR. Yeah. Uh, that home run was uh, 972 feet, and it's like it got caught in the warning track. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, listeners are batting 210 with three home runs. Manny Hill, 204 with a home run, and John Harrison, 179 with two home runs. And no bowl games. No bowl games. They're no, canceling no all the bowl game. games. Not coming to Sorry, save John. you this time. Um, so, all right, let's get to it. Let's bring Nick in here. He's our guest listener predictor on Write That Down. Nick, are you ready to take some swings here? Yes, I am. Um, my three predictions are kind of broken down as tributes to this segment. So wow, oh, awesome! Are they are they predictions about Judd? <laughs> they're you have to wait and see. They're okay. Judd. They're Judd. <laughs> Phil Dex will all be fired. Awesome. He's just going to put a date on each one of us. That'll be the three predictions. That's not a bad. Write that down. They're gonna. They're gonna. They're gonna. It'll be one every three months. They're just gonna. <laughs> It'll like, just be slowly but surely. <laughs> bang. So, all right, so we'll start with Nick, we'll go Judd, Declan, and then back to me, Phil, and we'll make three trips around. Write it down, you diamond. like writing things down. Nick, step up so to the plate. So this is the Dave Harrigan category. Um, he's had Judd leave the studio, but Judd, you don't have to leave for this one. Uh, write this down, Judd will, go, Judd will go to an establishment that serves alcohol, and Judd will have an alcoholic drink no later than July 4th, 2021. Okay. Okay. Okay, now, are, are we talking about at a, just like a, Inside, right? Because I've done yeah. I've done this yeah, I before that. they shut things down. Yeah, but you're pretty like, you're like more you're COVID scared bar. now than you've been for a while. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So July fourth, okay. Yeah, and it's and just yeah. to be clear, it, he has to be inside the establishment, yes. either at the bar, or at a table, or something. And then right? and, Not a and then re- report myself as well, self report. So all right, okay, fair enough. Love it. Uh, Write this down. We want so yeah, so our one listener John cannot be here, but he has my he has his predictions. Should I should I read his? Why one, don't we? Uh, or do you want to save them all for the end? Let's uh, let's just throw them out there. In or so you said John. Yeah, John. Okay, we'll we'll put John in between Nick and Judd here, so you can go one at a time. We'll start with John's first one. All right. So this so, is yeah, John's boss called him into a meeting, and so he can't join us. That boss should be. Yeah. Uh, what type of boss chastised. is that? I already chastised mine, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> write that down. Break for John. this is a wild, write it down. You like writing this things down. This is a down. wild prediction, and I think it's a he has he has his first prediction, and he has a second layer if it's a home run or not. And Judd, I'm, I'm going to defer to you because it's a wild prediction. Okay. He says Kirill Kaprizov and Marco Rossi both will finish top ten for rookie of the year, and one of them wins it. Is that enough for a home run? Oh, I think so. I yeah. think so. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. Two. Good, then yeah. I'm going to delete his second part. So if Kirill Kaprizov and Marco Rossi. We'll both finish top 10 in Rookie of the Year, and one of them will win it. Yep. Okay. I like it. That's John's first. Write it down. You like writing things down. John. The Vikings will upset the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday, and Kirk Cousins will throw two or more touchdown passes. Okay. So the Vikings will upset Tampa on Sunday, and Kirk Cousins will throw two or more touchdown passes. I'm trying to figure out if that's a home run. It's, I think it's a, it's a ringing double. If yeah, I don't think it's a home if run. If he said three or four. Yeah, no, and, and I'm not. get there. Yeah, and I'm not yeah. so trying to preserve your. It is a bit of a risk, though, that you're making this prediction that's not a no-brainer mm-hmm. in 2020. You're sacrificing potential batting average. Points. Yeah, but you know what? That's how hot I am at the plate. Write that down. Feeling himself. All right, Declan. Yeah, my uh, my three singles today. This is first of three. Uh, Kirk Cousins will finish with a passer rating of 95 or better against Tampa Bay. Okay. 
Kirk Cousins will finish with a passer rating of 95 or better against Tampa Bay. I think his pass rating over the last six weeks is some, and we'll have this on uh, the State of Kirk address on Purple Daily today, is like 120 or something ridiculous. Yeah, and I feel like 90 to 95 now is basically average in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, that was not very exciting, Declan. No, it's not. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, write this down. I'm I'm still, even though I took the home run lead, that was my strategy all along, is I want bombs to end the year here. Uh, I'm not satisfied with just taking the lead. I'm going for double digit home runs by the end of the year here. I'm gonna try I'm gonna try and get as close to ten as I possibly can. The Vikings will score a defensive touchdown on Sunday. Write it down. Okay. A defensive touchdown on Sunday. Yep. I don't know who. I don't know if it's a fumble. I don't know if it's a Brady pick six, but they will score a and defensive that, touchdown. And that's a home run. I mean, because th- those rarely ever happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. You guys? I'm cool with that. Judd, you cool with that? And you guys are the ones. That, I, I'm the peanut gallery here. I thought, the, I thought there you guys, was. You guys I thought moved. there was more to it. Let's just say that, okay? I thought you were going to have us. I thought you were going to give me a name. I thought you were going to give me a second. Part okay, you guys keep moving the fences back here. I thought you okay. were going to give it. It's okay. And we're playing Yankee Stadium now. We're in Petco Park. Yeah, it's Petco Park, thing. dude. A defense. How many defensive touchdowns have they had this season? Uh maybe one. I don't even know. I mean, have you seen this? Team of late, this defense. It's like one I mean, or zero. On. I think it's this zero. Zim's defense. Okay, I just thought there was more. That's all I'm saying. Write it down. You like writing things down. It's ridiculous. The standard this on the show. Great. All right, Nick, back to you. Yeah, this is the Larry Brown category. Write this down. <laughs> Both Bill O'Brien, Matt Patricia will be working for the Patriot organization by week one of the next NFL season. Oh, I like that. Okay. So by next NFL season, a couple retreads back to the Belichick back takes them back. Yep. Yeah, all right. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, we'll go to we'll go to John, who's on a Zoom meeting with his with his boss that doesn't understand the importance of write that down. Uh, this is another hockey prediction, but it's college hockey and it's a home run. Uh, UND wins the national championship this year over Boston College, so he's he's Ooh. calling the shot of who wins it and who they'll beat. So that is a home run. Yeah, that's that's good. definitely a home run. Yeah, that's, so that's... UND uh, he did use the wrong mascot. It is now the uh, and, Fighting Hawks. Come John. on, the Gophers, they're red hot. They're clearly going to win the Frozen Four. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. Subject that we touched on earlier this week, Kevin Stefanski will be named the NFL Coach of the Year. Kevin Stefanski, your former offensive coordinator in purple, will be named the NFL Coach of the Year. Who are the other candidates right now? He's on there for Andy sure. Reed is naturally on yeah, there. He's not going to win because his team's too good, which sounds stupid, but it's often I think, true. I think Sean Payton and Mike Tomlin are on there. Yeah, you know. I think Stefanski's got Actually, it. Actually, Sean Payton, because it, it's always it's always a team that makes a big jump or a team that overcame like yeah. a big injury or something. If they run the table, uh, how about uh, Mikey Zimmer? Dude. If they run the table, he definitely deserves. <laughs> they definitely could, deserves. If they get to ten and six, Mike Zimmer. Write this down, Declan. All right, another single. Uh, Tom Brady throws at least two touchdowns against the Vikings on Sunday. I'm going very single heavy here. Yeah. I want my Juan Pierre batting average to go back up. Sometimes when you try to. You know, true. seeing guys singles, karma does yeah. catch up to you. you. Write Adam. that down, gods. Don't like when people aim for singles. You hit a little uh, Adam ball right at the shortstop. Yep, that's probably what's going to happen, too. Diamond right. cutter. Write this down. Write that down. Going for homers here. Okay. The Vikings have not really had big-time COVID issues yet. Okay. So before the end of the regular season, the Vikings will be forced to place one of these players or people on the COVID list. And they will. one of these people will miss at least a game because they're on the COVID list. Okay. Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, or Mike Zimmer. Oh, nice. Uh, one of those oh, four yeah. misses a game yeah, in the last right. month because of COVID. All right. Then I get a I get a point. 
Write like it down. It. You like writing things down. All right, Nick, your final prediction. This is the Carl Anthony Towns is the man category. <laughs> Write this down. Kirk Cousins will help the Vikings get to the playoffs, and Kirk and the Vikings will beat both Rodgers and Breeze in the upcoming NFL playoffs. That's a homer oh, right there. Oh, Write it down. Slam. You like writing things down. Oh, my God. Yes. Now that's a tape measure shot. There oh, it is. The I like that right there. And, 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 and Breeze will delete. Who did you say? Breeze and Rogers. Yeah, Breeze will delete all of his Saints pictures from Instagram, right? <laughs> No, 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 but you're not writing that down. No, that's a, oh my God, that's a grand slam. Love the swing. Nick, Nick, since you've got this platform here, would you like to thank anyone in your life that landed you here at this point? Uh, Right now, um, I have a two-week-old son, and right now he's 2-0 as a Vikings fan, so his heart has not been broken yet. So I'm waiting for the day that he sees an NFC Championship meltdown. You got. You almost Bottom have to wait till he's. You know, I think once they're like three or four, they start to remember things. And so, uh, if the Vikings could hold off like three more years to really singe it into his brain, that would be great. Oh yeah. All right, Nick. Thanks for coming on, man. Great See prediction. You, Appreciate it. Well, Nick. thank you. Write Good it down. Stuff. You like writing things down. Carl Anthony Towns is the man <laughs> I like category. That, yeah, for him. All right, back to uh, John, who yeah. is making predictions through us here. All right. So his last prediction is the Vikings finish eight and eight and do not take a quarterback in the first round of next year's draft. Okay. So. 8-8 eight eight exactly? Exactly. We'll finish 8-8 eight and eight and do not take a QB in the first round. That's a year. home run. If he's, So he's saying they will finish exactly 2-2 two and two and the position that they're – well, he said not take a quarterback. He just said not, not take a quarterback. I think that's a home run. Like, these are pretty specific, specific things. He's being specific. It's a parlay. I mean, if, if someone came on here and said they will finish exactly 2-2 two and two in their last four games – they're likely. Yeah, they they're likely to go two and They're two. likely to finish two and two. I don't think it's a home run. All right, it's a it's a triple. I mean, yeah, that's a solid knock. I suppose in Judd's ballpark, they in should, Declan's ballpark, they should, where yeah, the fences right. are six hundred. You know what? Right. It's caught in front of the warning track in my ballpark. I'm right. right Deep down, center like field, four thirty-five, lo- straightaway center. I love how we just went from like the segment before. Write that down. Was make baseball fun again? And now you guys are like home runs are bad. <laughs> No, we I just have to rob a bunch just, of Rob Manfreds in the here. Balls, the balls should not be juiced yeah. and write that down, okay? <laughs> yeah. The ball's juiced. We got steroid problems. We're trying to eradicate that from our uh, segment. Right. Write it down. You like writing things down. Back to Judd. <sighs> Alex Kirilov will not begin the season with the Twins. <laughs> Alex Kirilov <laughs> will not, not begin the season with the Twins because he needs more <clears throat> seasoning while he also does not get... Um, Service time. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, he just, uh, sometimes when he's shielding his eyes from the sun on those fly balls, he gets his feet out of position a little bit. We just, a little bit more seasoning. We in saw the stuff in game two against the, the Strohs. You didn't see it. We saw it. We didn't really like it. Yeah. Write this down. All right. Back to Declan. Final prediction of the week. All right. Final prediction. Uh, the Rams will beat the Patriots tomorrow on Thursday night football. The yeah. Rams the, Rams, beat the Patriots. Rams are interesting. We'll have our pigskin pecking order on Purple Daily today. Very interesting. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. I might need help molding this into a home run. The spirit of this is Tom Brady will down. Are you asking for our help now? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm like the defensive lineman that's lining up, and I'm looking I over mean, at the line judge saying, am I offsides? That's what I'm doing right now, okay? So the premise of this is Tom Brady will surgically identify Chris Boyd on Sunday and make his life miserable. That's what I want to predict. And so because that falls under the Carl Anthony Towns is the man category i need to be specific so chris boyd has in his eight games he has been targeted an average of four times per game in each of the eight games so i'm saying tom brady will target chris boyd at least six times on sunday 
and those targets will result in at least 80 yards and at least a touchdown. So what I'm saying, he's going to he's gonna target Chris Boyd more and with wild success. Yeah, okay, I, I on think Sunday. that's a home run. Okay. He'll target him at least six times yep. for at least 80 yards and for at least a touchdown yep. on Sunday. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. He's going to be like Terminator. You can see like the like the red lasers coming out get of his Get to the eyes. red zone. Go now. Get to the choppers. Get to the pylon. The, qu- <laughs> the question becomes then, what does Zim do to combat that? That becomes the question. That's kind of the checkmate problem of this game. I mm-hmm. don't know what you can do to combat that. It's not like you can just like go into your bag of great backups. Well, and-, and if Gladney can't play because of the calf, does Harrison hand who was a fifth-round oh, pick, God. who played on Sunday, then have to play. And Holton Hill just got let go, so clearly he was not in the uh, the plans. So what do they do there? They basically they rehabbed him for a while just to be nice, and then when he when he I got don't to know, the point, man. I mean, he got suspended twice, well, and they didn't, and they they kept him well, you, last year. You can't you can't release an injured player, right? Like you can't release him. You, you pay him off. Yeah, but they did that. So like they're, they're going to have they're they're going to work out some type of, of financial settlement with Hill, but they put up with him through two suspensions. So, like, that's a lot to say, ah, oh, you're coming back. I don't think this is and the now ending they're they just envisioned. Like, See you later, bye. It's not worth it. Yeah. So, it's yeah, interesting. Yeah, I don't know, like, what you just brought up is if if Tom Brady finds two or three you know, areas in that secondary that are just, like, delicious, licking his chops, I, I think the counter move would be pressure up the middle some of these older non-mobile quarterbacks, Drew Brees, we've seen it in the playoffs with Zimmer defenses. Double A gap pressure, right? Right up the middle, yeah, so throw does, him off. So does does Smith then uh, blitz more or drop back more? Harrison Smith. I would say, I, I don't know if it's going to be Harrison, but I would say sending an extra guy or two up the middle is the yeah. best way to fluster Tom Brady. If Kendricks can't play, I think you just screwed so that's a wrap on Write That Down. Every Wednesday, predictions, accountability, batting averages, home runs here on Mackie and Judd. Another quick pause for a classic Mackie and Judd song by the U-Log, and then we'll get our friend Patrick Ricey in here. The Wild got run over by the Blackhawks. Happened in the second round again. For three straight years, they have had our number. It looks a lot like peewees against men. We really thought this was our year. You get by Chicago's red and black. But on their way to win the cup, they're wild, were punished by their offensive attack. So the wild go home losers Beat again by Kane and Taves We could have had a better outcome If Dubnik made a few more friggin' saves Wild got run over by the Blackhawks It happened in the second round again For three straight years they have had our number it looks a lot like peewees against men. While it feels like the season ended quite a while ago, uh, this still does feel like the early part of the free agency process. Uh, he's earned that right to go to free agency and, and know 
kind of where his market sits. Uh, and, and we'll work through that thoughtfully. But we remain in contact with him as we do with a number of other players uh, that were part of this team last year and some players from other clubs as well. So I, I'm excited about the group we have, and, and I know we'll be able to add to it to, to make it a better club. Pat, that was Derek Falvey talking about the team staying in touch with Nelson Cruz. And I get that, and maybe you agree with Judd, I get that Judd is one of the last remaining holdouts that loves the double switch in baseball. <laughs> but, sexy. but as Judd brought up earlier, if owners, players, and fans all want universal DH, why don't we just have universal DH? What is the holdup? Uh, from what I understand, it's a, it's a negotiating ploy by management. They don't want to give the players anything that they might like without getting something back financially. They're not even going to the man at second base until uh, the, um, you know, until right now, the rules are the same as they were before the special pandemic rules. So DH in the National League, extra innings all night long, uh, and the three pitch, you got to face three batters. That's still going to be there. But that's the only one, from what I understand, that the. uh, that the owners are giving up. They're trying to get something from the players for these, uh, you know, this brutal battle that's going to come up about economics and, and who's going to, you know, how many fans are going to be in the ballpark and how much can we deduct your salary? So they want the DH in the national league management. wide, but you know, Manford and the boys want it, but they don't want to give it away because they, they think they can, you know, obviously the players are smart enough to know that Nelson Cruz is worth more, uh, to their uh, total payroll package than a thirteenth relief pitcher in the on a team that uh, with this twenty six player roster. So, uh, but that's what it's about. It's a it's a financial gimmick. Uh, but there's almost a class action lawsuit here by Cruz uh, because they they've taken away half the market for him. Right? Maybe even more than half the market. Because yep. National League teams don't have DHs right now, and they could use one, right? Yes, exactly right. So uh, I, I don't know. Uh, when when was Falvey speaking, by the way, today, this morning? No, this, was, this was, I believe, on Fox Sports North at some point okay. in, in the last week or so. Well, uh, I tell you one thing. Uh, if you don't think uh, they're uh, wanting to get down there around $100 million or 110 something like that, well, they won't give Matt Whistler $1.15. <laughs> they're... Uh, they're, uh, you know, who is he? I, you know, I, I, I'm not filled with uh, tremendous confidence when he enters, but his ERA was 10.8. <laughs> you know, he got right. everybody out, came in and threw 80% sliders. Uh, I, you know, he's not. You, I mean, who's, how many of these relievers are you going to replace? By the way, do you know who's the number two favorite to win the World Series in Las Vegas? Wait, number one's Dodgers, probably. Uh, number oh, one. This, this must be the American League. Number one. Uh, so the, the second American two. League. The, yeah, the second American League. Oh, got White Sox. Got White, White Sox. Sox, right? Yeah, White Sox. Yeah, yeah they're making, like, they're about to get Liam hey, Hendricks. Lance Lynn, man. Yeah, it's, they got it's, Lance Lynn. It's almost even. I'm I'm not surprised we didn't bid to get Matt Lance Lynn back. Are you? <laughs> I think that. Uh, I think that relationship was probably not going to be restored, did, even though he had two good years in Texas. And did you see the report that Dan Hayes said the Rangers were actually asking for Jordan uh, Basilovic? What is it? Basilovic. And then Blaine Edlow in return for him. And who? Yeah. For, 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 for Lance Lynn. For Lance Lynn. Hard, hard pass <laughs> if I'm the twins on not, Lance Lynn. They did not get, uh, you know, they got Dunning, who's, I think, coming back from Tommy John, right? Is he not? Uh 
And, you know, he's supposed to be a good live arm for the White Sox, and I don't know anything about the other guy. But they did not do that well from the White Sox. They did not, uh, you know, they did not get any phenoms or anything. So. Why do you think, Patrick, that baseball does not care, though, about the perception of itself? Like, that's the one thing I don't get. It's December 9th, and we don't know what the rules are. No, I don't know. But young people should love this sport. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, it's it the is, damnedest thing. It is amazing. They, uh, you know, and it's always, instead of sitting sitting down with the players and say, okay, what can we work out right now? It's always... We're going to try to paint you in as much of a corner <laughs> yeah. as we can, and then we can battle bloody. And at the end, you're going to win anyway because you got the only union where the players listen to the to the uh, leadership. I mean, imagine if like every time you went home and you had a discussion with your wife and said about home improvement, it's like you know, honey, yes. I feel like we should uh, the waste baskets just kind of gets in the way over here. I feel like we should move to the other side of the Hold room. On a second, we Phil. can, we can. Hold on a second, but I'm going I'm to need the laundry. You're yeah. hitting too close to, to home for me, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you stop with that comparison right now, okay? Uh, this all get house a little bit like enough. Tony Clark and Manfred. I got to tell you, fellas, that's not a big uh, problem in my uh, in my marriage. There are other problems. There are other issues. But whether what's going to be done around the house is not one of them. Hey, what is, mean, what's, I, the, what's the okay, best baseball fine. comparison to the biggest problem in your marriage? Uh, she can't hear. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest problem yeah. is her first hearing, base umpire the listening big, for the big, here's the biggest problem. I'm gonna because she doesn't even know I'm on a, on the podcast the radio, so that's good. So sixty five hundred dollars <laughs> worth of uh, hearing aids because she's been having trouble. You know, not not terrible, but trouble. She doesn't wear them. We're right back to point A. That's what Sid did for years. And, and here's, wouldn't wear them or wouldn't turn them on. And here's the problem. I say something in a conversational tone. And she says, I can't hear you. I didn't hear that. And then I say it huh? much louder. And then why are you yelling at me? There's no, you know, right. I have not found that. I have not found that two thirds, you know, because I don't want to go through like four different attempts. Yeah. Have you considered using a if, megaphone? I Pat? figured it here. I figured if the normal conversational tone doesn't work. Rather than stop somewhere in between that and a shout, I'm going to go right to the shout yeah. <laughs> to get it over you, with. You know what, though, Pat? <laughs> it, you, you've got a break in this sense. Dawn, for like the last week, has basically said, can you stop talking so much? <laughs> you <laughs> just jabber constantly. Awesome. Like the dog can't stand it. I can't stand <laughs> it. Can you stop talking so much? And I uh, said, why? I, I enjoy it. And she said, because it's nonsense. <laughs> oh, I hear So that see, if a lot. she couldn't hear, then Wait, I so at least would be jabbering and it wouldn't be bothering you. So you're was, just talking about random stuff or what do you? What? I just go in the house I, commenting I, on things. I had a little of that. what I do. I had a little of that last That's night. We were, we were watching. We were watching some movie. Casey Affleck was in it. Everybody was getting shot. And and there was ethnic guys that looked like, you know, the, the Hispanic guys. I couldn't tell one from the other and because uh, they looked alike, you know. And then there was a young guy. And then there was the guy that looked exactly like Casey Affleck, but was a different guy. And I'm... I spent all night saying, now, is it, is it, which one is this guy? Is Which one is he married to? And she says, just shut up. Don't watch it. 
<laughs> I've gotten that one before too. But I think. How do I know? I think you know what Mod Squad had it figured out way back when. <laughs> Different character. like forty years ago. They had a black guy, a white guy, and a blonde woman. You knew who the hell was who. You didn't have to get. You didn't get mixed up with two Mexican guys who looked exactly alike. And okay. One of them's a cop and the other's a bad guy, and you don't know who's the bad guy. It's probably right. even more key when the, the TVs are smaller back in the day, too. <laughs> yeah, you can't see as right. well. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. That is. But uh, plus, it doesn't help when it's midnight and you're not off in it for about five minutes, and then you got to wake up and say, What the hell is going on? You didn't here watch now? Go, Go for Hoops last night, Pat? You didn't watch uh, I watched part Patino's of it. big comeback? I, I, yeah, well, this was later. This was okay. right afterwards. They're. They they got some guards, you know. Jim Dutcher used to always say guards win basketball games. They Marcus some, Carr can play. They got man. some guards. The guy from Drake is a was a bally, much ballyhooed about nothing. He might block a shot once in a while, but he's a stiff. But the the big guy. But uh, but they you know they they're not bad. Yeah, Marcus Carr and Booth Gotch can definitely mm-hmm. drive some points for you this year. It's, you know, boys. It's you know I have decided. I've changed my mind on transferring. Uh, you know that the the one and the one tra- you can have one transfer. I was thinking, boy, this is going to create create chaos. And the more I think about it, good. Let's have chaos. Why not? <laughs> let's uh, let's every year it'll be like NFL free agency, right? Yep. We'll have uh, you know, so you get one free transfer, and recruiting day, signing day is not going to be as important as. Uh, transfer portal day <laughs> when that happens and there's there's 4,000 football players and 1,500 basketball players in it and everybody it's a new team every year right? I love the idea. I love it. I it, And then you could even yes. have like you could still do like the hats on the table thing too yeah, that you right. do for yeah, recruiting. Twice. You know what's next? Nice. Power great. 5 and, trades. And, and you know, Power <laughs> 5 trades. That's next. And That's you, what I want. And you know, you know it's not like we're trying like in football. And to some degree, basketball, but more in football. It's not like we're trying to interrupt and break up the competitive balance. It might create some competitive balance because when the Notre Dame is kind of an outlier in the top four this year, right? Because, but you knew when the season started that Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State were going to be three of the four teams in the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's the way it works. That's so I love it. Let's give the guy who wants to get away from Saban because he's on the third team a chance to go play someplace yeah, else. It one, would. one time. I think it I think it would help. Let's turn it into complete chaos. Who cares? I like it. I like the idea. Um so what what else have you been watching uh, the, by the way? By the way, I should mention the uh, Twins apparently are going to announce their affiliates today later yeah. this afternoon. Yeah, so will St. Paul Saints will officially No, when did, when would that start for the Saints actually? Uh, next year. Okay. It's starting right now. Wichita and uh, Wichita's Double A and uh, Fort Myers and and Quad Cities. So okay, uh, it's uh, and then, then Quad every, Cities and then or everybody else. Cedar Rapids, Pat. Cedar Rapids. Cedar Rapids. Me. And then everybody else is going to be in uh, Fort Myers. Uh, some of those kids, some of those young guys who get to Fort Myers when they're seventeen are going to get damn sick of being there because it's going to be, uh, you know, the 
the summer league and then the whatever the uh, Gulf Coast League is going to call itself. It's not going to be organized. And then you're going to then A ball low A is down there now. You're going to be there five years before you get out of there. So those those dorms or whatever that they built the the, the on campus those are going to get yeah. And by the way, twins, I hate to tell you this, Fort Myers has drugs. You better watch the boys. (laughs) One of their big things about not— Are you running drugs down there from your second house? No, there's drugs down there. I've been told there's drugs down there. (laughs) The place I go get barbecue, (laughs) there's drugs down there. What's the the special menu item that you have to say to get the drugs you want? (laughs) What type of drugs are we talking? No, 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 not at the barbecue joint, but— On the corners, drugs. Drug. I'd like to pick up my barbecue and drugs. give me some of those drugs. Listen, listen, if you're looking for good barbecue, look for drugs and hookers. <laughs> then you're gonna, then you're gonna get good barbecue, man. It's great. Every restaurant you go to in Fort Myers, you think it's a salt shaker, it's cocaine. Yeah, just sprinkle a little on your mac and cheese. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Uh, Pat, so every Monday we do a segment called "What Are We Watching Here?" and oh, okay. uh, Declan and I admitted this this past week. That we have been watching a show called A Teacher on uh, Hulu on FX. Yes. Have you been watching this show? Uh, just kind of fast forwarding it through it occasionally. <laughs> you go like, that's, fast forward through that's, that's what, uh, what's her name? Kate Mara. Kate Mara, yeah. Kate Mara. Yeah, she's the teacher. But it appears to me that the last few episodes have gotten, now we got into the serious part of the crime. Right? Well, what, what's so interesting is they've basically, I think everyone kind of thought this, the whole series, the season would be their relationship. And now it's basically, it's the second half. Did you watch yesterday's? Yeah. I, don't, I haven't watched co- yesterday's okay. yet. Yeah. Okay. It, it, yeah, it's so interesting how they kind of fast-forwarded really, really quickly, and now, this, and now it's the second half of the season, essentially. Wait, is it over? Or is no, it- no, there's ten episodes. So, so episode six, I believe, just aired okay. yesterday. Episode uh, six or seven. I got one for you that, my, that the bride put me on yesterday. Koi Wolf. Koi Wolf? It's a documentary, a nature documentary Way up in Canada years ago, some coyotes and wolves were having relations. Oh, yeah. I saw your tweet about this. And they created this beast that is now walking around Chicago, walking around Minneapolis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard about this. It's a wolf. It's got the slyness of coyotes, but... They'll also eat a baby if they get a chance, you know, because they're a wolf. And it's, uh, I, I, one night when I was doing the morning show, this is a long time ago, I'm driving like at 3.30 in the morning and I was going to go down 55 because I wanted to contemplate life instead of, and there's a two big fat coyotes walking up the runway, up, up the ramp. And I said, boy, those are thick coyotes. Now I know they were koi wolves. We got koi wolves, and they're coming from Canada. Well, they did. Now they're been. They've been here. They're all over. the I've place. always said, Joe Biden, we need to build a wall. <laughs> Keep the koi wolves out. Close those koi borders wolves. down, baby. They might be downtown. They might be living. They they're might all be over. Walking around the river. They're all over. Just what I don't need something they to be showed, concerned about. They showed film of them walking around in Chicago, like with people. People ignore them. They think they're dogs or something. <laughs> Do they Who's attack people? Who's Who's oh my God! Oh God! There's been a few. There's been a few uh, attacks of people, but you know, <laughs> let's say when Michigan Avenue gets going again, and these rich gals are, you know, walking along in their big strollers with the, you know, the, you eat the babies, the, the babies, 
They better not turn their back on a baby. A koi wolf, wolf might come right up and gulp it right down in one Where can swallow. I watch? Is this on Netflix? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it was on Netflix. Yeah, I might know Amazon. I think. Yeah, it was who knows any? Who it's, knows it's anymore? There's so many. Koi ugly. Koi ugly. Koi no, no, that was coyote ugly. That's, that's also that's, worth watching too. Uh, yeah. Piper, yeah. Piper, Piper Parabo. Coyote yeah. ugly is a little bit different. <laughs> it's been, not ugly. It's yeah. not been, ugly at all. She's been trying to get that off her resume for 15 years. Oh, <laughs> so is, is this just yeah. one show, Pat, or is this like? One no, documentary. It's, one. it's part of nature, but it's okay. One. So it's not. No, it's traumatized. I'm traumatized. <laughs> yeah, you thanks know, a lot. I, I don't need I this. I heard something being eaten in my lawn about three weeks ago. Koi wolf. Know, a cat, a rabbit, some damn thing. It was a koi wolf. Those, those rabbits scream when a rabbit's being. Oh, that's it. He didn't like terrifying. it. That rabbit. Those know. rabbits. They. We didn't even. There weren't. There weren't even any little bunny ears left. Whatever it was, he got them, man. He. <laughs> was there blood? I don't know. There were blood curdling screams, and I would look over there and couldn't find anything. But uh, anyway, so koi wolf, koi wolf, look out for them. They're right. out there, baby. All right. Well, that's a, that's a great TV recommendation. We got to go, Pat. See we'll see you on Friday. Mackie right. and Judd, see you guys. Yeah, thanks a lot for that, Pat. We really appreciate it. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh, cosmic, crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.